Well, welcome to the Friday edition of Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin with you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you. And if you've listened all week long, thank you for uh, joining us again today. And if you haven't listened all week long, let me encourage you to go back and and pick this topic up on Monday. Uh, We've been discussing drinking and that has certainly been a uh, an interesting conversation. It is a minefield topic. I, I think you you said that on Monday, and I think that is so true because there's such a varied extreme from one end of the spectrum to the other on opinions that people have, good godly people, yeah. that just land in different places. Right. And I'm thankful that you and I can can agree to disagree agreeably. Uh, as we land in slightly different places, though we end up at the same place ultimately, and that is that we we abstain, both of us, uh, though maybe for for different reasons. And uh, and, and so today we're going to discuss the kind of the quorum deo, and and as it relates to uh, the weaker brother. And so we want to uh, we want to get into the Word, uh, open the Bible in First Corinthians chapter eight, beginning in verse eight. And uh, Gavin, if you don't mind, I'm going to kick us off in prayer and then uh, let you read our passage. I believe you're going to read, I think, was uh, through 13. Does that sound right? Chapter 8, verse 8? Sounds, sounds perfect. All right, let's pray. Father, again today, we just thank you. We're humbled by your love and grace. We thank you for this week that we've had, that we've been able to parse your words as it relates to this important topic, a topic that many of us that are listening or even myself um, and Gavin struggle with on some level in some way, and and so Father, thank you for your Word that provides us with clarity and and truth. And uh, Lord, I pray that your Word would be our guide, and uh, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us through this discussion today. That it would be helpful for our listeners. It would be helpful for us as we continue to discuss this very important topic. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians eight, um, and we'll start with verse seven. Does that sound good? Sure. Sure. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols eat food as really offered to idols and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat we, and no better off if we do, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone see, anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? If his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols, and so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, If food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Wow. And I think this is where you land. Um, If I'm not mistaken, uh, what you said earlier this week was that, uh, you know, given the the church that you serve at, that uh, in order to not cause a weaker brother to stumble, you abstain. Uh, Was that, is that kind of what you said? Yeah, but I want to very quickly distinguish between the weaker brother whose conscience is formed by um, maybe an less knowledgeable. Because let me start with this. There is such a thing as a stronger brother and a weaker brother. It's not saying everybody's opinion about drinking is the same the or, or eating in this case. Eating is the same. There is a weaker brother and a stronger brother. And so um, 
And we're talking about weak and strong in the faith, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That have knowledge that man, there's no idol. This, this idol is not a, not a real thing. And so if we eat the meat offered to the idol, it's, it, it, that's nothing. But not everybody has that knowledge. There are some people that actually believe that there's something mystical and spiritual that takes place. And, and they have, their consciences say if they would, if they would do that, um, if they would eat of this meat, that they would in somehow be sinning. Um, and so l- let me start with a few points. And I think the best way for my mind to do this is to what we should be doing all the time is just to work through Scripture. But here's one of the points. Not every brother is the same level of maturity. That's right. And and I think there's a tendency in a church to say, well, you think it's wrong, but I think it's right, and we're both the same. I think if you say by what standard, and that standard is Scripture, there is a, sometimes that, that weaker brother is, is just, um, well, he's not as informed. He's not as mature. Uh, but don't force the issue, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And then the last thing is, uh, there, there's a, this idea of the tyranny of the weaker brother. And there are some churches, the whole church is controlled, not by the mature in the church, which is what we're supposed to do according to Galatians 6 and other places in scripture. Let the, the mature, those who are spiritual among you, you know, take these leading steps. But, but by the weaker brother. And the weaker brother runs the show. Well, that would cause me to stumble. Well, you parking in that spot would really hurt me, and I'd get in a fight, and I'm the weaker brother. You need to – I mean, it's it's just everything it's that revolves. I'm, I'm offended culture. Yes. It's the I'm offended, you bothered me culture, and suddenly everybody's hopping through the hoops of the weaker brother. The tail is wagging the dog. Yes. And the scripture's not running the show, but the weaker brother's running the show. So – um, I, I want to kind of put those out there and then let's work through the text unless okay. you had something you wanted to add to that. No, I think it's excellent. Okay. Um, and, and so I end up in the same place and I know this is provocative and I'm, I'm very aware of that, but if I would ever drink again, my church, uh, I hate that language. That is not the language I want to use. That's not what I, it is not my church. It's the church bought and paid for by the blood shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is his bride, not mine. Um, the, the flock that God has placed me among. Uh, I have told them publicly when I've had to preach through these verses on drinking, I've preached through Matthew, I've preached through other, uh, on drinking. I have said, if I ever would have a glass of wine or any alcohol whatsoever, I guess maybe I I don't, I didn't include cough medicine or something, you know, like mouthwash that, but, but any alcohol whatsoever that is, you know, to drink, I would let them know. And I would inform them well before I ever did it. And you go, why would you even go down that path? Because I think at times we can say that this is not sin, but our practices indicate and then lead the rest of the church to to practice something where the weaker brother is dominating the direction of the church. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, Okay. and I want to take that a step further uh, and say that I know you're, you don't spend much time on social media, and, and I don't necessarily spend much time on social media in my estimation, but far more than you do. And I've gone so far as to not post a picture on Facebook. Well, we were at a restaurant and took a – I almost am embarrassed to say this, but Christy and I took a selfie of one another, whatever, without realizing what was in the background. And what was in the background was a big advertisement for beer. Yeah. You know, and, and here we had these big glasses, and it was water, but I didn't like the message that that might be portrayed as, as sending. And so I chose, even though it was a really good picture, 
I refused to put that on on social media. Yeah, and I, and I would press back. If it is the weaker brother that you're worried about, truly the weaker brother that is just beginning or or maybe even has been there a while but but legitimately does not have this knowledge, I would say, okay, that's really thoughtful. But like we went on a missions trip and, and in the um, waiting hub area of the airport on a missions trip to fly, to be willing to die for Christ, you know, theoretically, um, and, and I hope that we all were, somebody took a picture and they're sitting next to a Sam Adams car cart, you know, a beer cart and they weren't drinking. They had nothing to, but, and suddenly you go, you know, that's a big deal. Well, that's not good thinking. I'll give you, I'll give you a totally different example. There are people in the church that says a pastor should not have friends. A pastor is to love all people at all times, equally the same, right? Based on, I'm not sure what Jesus seemed to have an inner circle, right? And so, um, I think I heard one pastor say this, and I think it's appropriate. You need to pull some of those people aside and say, listen, I, I love all of you. If I neglect any of you, shame on me. But a pastor has people that are close, he's closer with. And he actually needs friends. Right. He needs friends. But it's allowing, it's allowing bad theology, bad thinking to dictate the the direction, the 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 behavior of the pastor. And I, I so I would say to you, if they were if there is a time when your church should be told, listen, I if you're okay with it, I'll go to an Applebee's that serves alcohol. I actually buy groceries at Food Lion that serves alcohol. I go into uh, gas stations that serve alcohol. I'm sorry. Now, uh, it, you, you, we both are practicing teetotalers right now. I'm not partaking of that. But I want to get you out of bad and unbiblical thinking. Would you work a job that involved the sale of alcohol? Um, I want... The provocative quick answer, absolutely. Um, uh, so, like, I would work at a grocery store. Would you work at a grocery store? I'd have to really give that some thought. Okay. I actually quit a job um, working for a drugstore uh, because uh, one of my Christian friends, who I would say was a weaker brother or maybe, you know, didn't fully understand or whatever, brought to my attention. He said, well, so you're selling alcohol. And uh, I wasn't really equipped to walk through the weaker brother, stronger brother. This is many years ago. I probably still had hair. Uh, but actually, that kind of weighed on me a little bit that it bothered him that much. And so yeah. I, I, I decided to quit Would you work job. at a hospital? Where they administer drugs? Pain pills. Yeah. That are destroying families right now. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. I, I mean, so... The, I think that there there are places absolutely that I would not work. Um, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm thinking of one right now yeah. that I would be not qualified for at all. That's that's funny, but uh, but yeah. So there are places that I definitely would not work. But just again, it's the weaker brother. Let, let's let's keep my eyes in the text and yeah, I know I yeah. tend to wander. That's yeah. not good. Well, I led you off course. Okay. So, um, however, not all possess this knowledge. So, so first of all, the, the more mature brother starts with knowledge. Um, the gospel is good news. It's information, right? Um, our lives being transformed starts with, with knowledge. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it, it knowledge does not save you, but sanctification, salvation, those, all of those start with information. Again, that does not save you. That does not sanctify you, but it starts there. So how does somebody come to know God? By 
hearing God's word. Amen. Okay. So not all possess this knowledge. So, so those that are mature are going to have per, perhaps and, and probably rightfully more biblical knowledge. Doesn't make them holier. Uh, God alone does that work, right? Um, but it does it does uh, kind of prepare uh, our minds. But some, through former association with idols, um, I think that's really, really, really good. You and I talk a lot about consciences. The Puritans were very much about shaping the conscience. I have neglected that. I think that's really huge. Um, Your past shapes your current conscience. Most of the time that I hear people say, uh, I'm convicted or God laid that on my heart, vastly more often than not, that is the conscience speaking. I agree with that. And the example that I always use is my mother-in-law was raised that women whistling, whistling like just, I won't do it, but whistling is sin. Uh, Not sin, but very wrong. And if she would whistle, she would feel guilty. Hmm. What verse is that? I know it's in second hesitation somewhere, but, um, you know, whistling is sin. Our consciences are shaped by our past. You said that. You, You Things that you know. Well, in this case... It says the conscience is weak. Mm-hmm. So not all conscience, consciences are the same, right? And defiled. Well, later it becomes defiled, and you've been a part of that. And that's the real problem with the stronger brother saying it's okay to, in this case, in today's discussion, drink. And I really want to hammer that home, so don't let me get away from here without talking about the stronger brother's responsibility to the weaker brother. But let me just say this. But through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol. So our past and our the way we were raised and tradition and and uh interpersonal feelings and inner dialogue and our minds all shape a conscience that may or may not be strong. It may or may not be undefiled. It may or may not be godly. So we have to let the word develop that inner courtroom. So what's the conscience? It's that courtroom that says guilty or innocent. And sometimes the defiled conscience says innocent and you're absolutely guilty. And other times it says guilty and you feel really bad, but you haven't done anything wrong. You've whistled. Okay. All right. So, so, um, and their conscience is being weak, then it, it's defiled. Um, food will not commend us to God. So again, there are some people that think, well, I don't drink. Well, I don't ever smoke. Well, I don't cuss. Well, I don't ever get angry. Well, if that's how you're going to present yourself to God, you're going to hear the gavel fall and it's going to be guilty. Yeah. That's not going to get you into heaven. No. Okay. So you're not commended by what you eat or drink. Um, uh, so, um, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. So I've, I think I've made this point clear. I'm not a theological teetotaler, but I'm a practical one. I have a right to drink, but we don't flaunt that right. We don't stand up and go, you know, again, I talked about the young, restless and reformed, and, and I have much respect for, for, for many of them, the, those, uh, men that have really tried to get back in some cases to the word of God and proclaim it well. And I have much respect for them, but some of them uh, have this Christian liberty of being able to consume alcohol and flaunt it. And it really is destructive in my opinion. And distractive. Yeah. Yes. And so we, distracting absolutely. We have a right and a responsibility. Right. He he doesn't say responsibility, but we do. You do. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's certainly implicit in the text. And here's what, here's what it looks like. So, um, Give me any anything that you are allowed to do, Russ. I don't care if it's trivial. I don't care if it's if it's serious or if you want to just stick with drinking. But just stick get, with drinking. Okay, stick with drinking. So Russ is fully convinced in his heart that he has every right to drink. 
and and he sits down with me and let's say legitimately I am not the tyrannical weaker brother I'm not the Pharisee posing as the weaker brother I'm not just the one that's offended but I'm truly a weaker brother I just got saved or, or you know I, I, let's just say I'm weaker it doesn't matter how long I've been saved I'm a, I'm a weaker brother I, I'm not I don't have the knowledge that Russ has about Christian liberty and my freedom so we go out to eat and he orders a beer. And I have a problem with it. I say, Russ, I'm sorry, but I really have a problem with you drinking. And he says, well, and he shows me chapter and verse where I'm, he's, he's absolutely permitted. He shows me these things. So I, I take that drink and I feel guilty, but I'm learning. I can, oh, that's just bad conscience. I'm learning to ignore that inner courtroom. Yeah. And Russ is helping me learn to ignore that inner courtroom. And he's defiling it. So it no longer works as God intended it to work. And he's going to cause, he's going to provoke, promote, lead me to destruction. Because in those moments when I am going against God and I'm displeasing him and I'm giving into the flesh and I'm embracing sin, I have nothing left to restrict me. The word of God no longer applies because my conscience has been seared. It's been defiled. It doesn't work like it should. And I am going full headlong, full blown into destruction. And he's been a part of that. So I would really warn you want quorum Deo men and women of Christ. Don't use your Christian Liberty to abuse one another. Use your Christian Liberty to glorify God. Amen. Whether you eat or whether you drink, do all that you do or whatever you do, do all that you do to the glory of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the rest kind of goes on to say that. So by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed the brother for whom Christ died. Can you imagine he, he died for the person that you're going to all forget that conscience. So, so let's just practically, okay. You and I, uh, I'm not a drinker, but you and I go out to lunch. I order a beer. You're the weaker brother. You're not, but that's for the argument you are. And I order the beer and it gets there and, and, and you say, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. What's my responsibility? Okay. And we've done a lot to distinguish between the tyranny of the weaker brother and the pharisaical weaker brother. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is you're, truly, you're truly, truly a, a, weaker a weaker brother. brother. Yeah. Dump it out. And, 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 and for me, um, I'm like, Paul, I'll never, if this is going to truly cause you to stumble, I'll never drink again. But I would kind of make a, a more of this statement. Listen. We're going to work through scripture and you, 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 and I don't want to cause him to defile his conscience. I want to develop that conscience around the word. And, and, uh, so I will not touch anything right now that's, that's, um, within the wheelhouse of Christian liberty, that's going to cause you to stumble. Now there are certain things like if you'd say, well, you know, it bothers me when you go to church and you neglect football on Sunday, you know, I'm being obnoxious, but then I'm not going to let him dictate that no matter how weak he is. Right. Well, I'm not going to sit and watch football with you because you're the weaker brother that gets offended when I go to church. I'm not going to let you dictate that. But, but there, you know, there are certain things that I will absolutely and gladly give up for the sake of the weaker brother. Yeah. Same, same with uh, shooting pool, playing cards, the things that we talked about before this week uh, that some people hang their hat on that are, you know, immoral. Uh, Throwing that, die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we would give those things up, and then and then go take them to scripture and kind of walk them through to help them develop that. Okay, biblical. and that's that's where pastoral discernment really comes into play. Because if you press it too much, you destroy it. Mm -hmm. If you're like, ah, oh, just ignore that, you destroy them. 
But if you allow him to sit in this this state of immaturity and he's not growing in his faith, he's stagnating, he eventually will become that deacon one day, and I hate to say that, but there are many unqualified deacons. He becomes that deacon that is fine with, with mishandling God's word, misappropriating righteousness and sin, you know, uh, uh, abusing people in his path. And that's the tyranny of the weaker brother. Yeah. So, so again, that's why I said... We sit there and go, we'll, we'll give up alcohol forever. But in some cases, you allow your church to have really bad thinking. So, you know, it's 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 like the church that says, um, I'm trying to think of something like, uh, we will never sing anything but amazing grace. And you go, but there's other God-wrought, spirit-inspired songs that are out there. But Amazing Grace is the only one we'll sing. And you can say that enough and you go, listen, I'm not trying to cause any division in the church. And for the sake of the weaker brother, we'll just sing Amazing Grace. For a while, that may be okay. But over time, what you've allowed your your congregation to do is to become uh, uh, legalistic. You've allowed your congregation to become unbiblical. You've allowed your congregation to have the standard of tradition or my taste above all things. Yeah. You allow some really bad things to creep into church when you um, when you don't identify. Okay, this is what the Bible says, um, and and don't do it too fast. That's pastoral discernment. I, I don't want to just run run roughshod through a weaker brother's conscience. So pour it out like, like I'm doing right now. Not touching a an ounce of any alcohol whatsoever. You know. I'll go, I, when, when I was, uh, you know, I, I'll go get a canned drink and it's weird when you're holding a canned drink of, you know, Pepsi and you drive by a church member and you wonder, what are they thinking? I mean, what do they think this is? And there have been times I've want to show them like, you know, shown that uh, sh- to show them this is just Pepsi, but I've told the congregation, listen, this is a serious commitment. If, if you see me and you have a question, ask me. Whatever you do, don't put that Pepsi in a koozie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was in college, I told you drinking was not a, a real temptation of mine, and I have others, but drinking was not. It was not one. So, um, you know, I was told that I could put my, I think Mountain Dew, uh, but it may have been milk, <laughs> but I could put it in a brown bag so no one would know that I wasn't drinking. Somebody told me that. Hmm. And I said, what in the world? Yeah. You know, you're, you, I'm, I'm not letting the world dictate my morality. And if, if, you know, drinking is the cool thing, I'm certainly not letting the world dictate that. But, but, and the reason I kind of bring that up is because you got to watch the flip side that the world is dictating what is righteous in the church. Yeah. Rather than the word. Well, uh, Gavin's been a good week, and uh, I appreciate the care uh, with which we've walked through these passages of Scripture. Listener, I invite you to continue to open your Bible and chew and meditate on these things. Be guided in all truth, uh, and as much as possible, as much as you're able, uh, be in the house of God this, this weekend where you can praise God, you can lift your prayers and sit under the authority of God's Word being proclaimed by somebody who is uh, divinely called, equipped to rightly divide the Word, who studied themselves to show themselves approved as a worker of God. Until we see you on Monday, God bless.